Hello, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators. You can find me at my website, NARC Troopers, N-A-R-C, troopers.com. Today's episode is called Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Do you remember that Smashing Pumpkins title from decades ago yeah well our topic's not about the smashing pumpkins or anything so wonderful as them our topic today is prolonged grief syndrome yeah prolonged grief syndrome that's a real diagnosis that has finally entered the dsm the diagnostic manual of mental health disorders and there's a code for it so your insurance can enter that in with your diagnosis and all of that because it is a legit real thing so following narcissistic trauma caused by a relationship with a person with npd it can keep you stuck in a melancholy sea of pain for a very long time Following a relationship with a person suffering from narcissistic personality disorder, an individual can experience a variety of difficulties, hardships, challenges, misery. These include, but are not limited to, trauma-induced PTSD, acute panic disorder, anxiety, insomnia, other sleep disturbances also, depression, suicidal ideation, obsessive ruminations, intrusive thoughts, adrenal fatigue, fibromyalgia, and autoimmune problems, issues, um, and existentialist uh, loss of true, of like um, faith and hope, profound despair, uncontrollable anger, neurochemical dysregulation in the brain, mood disorders, apathy and indifference, um, eating disorders, probably um, hypervigilance, trust issues, strained relationships with friends and family, difficulty keeping employment, triggers just about all the time everywhere you go and everything you do uh, flashbacks antisocial personality traits and just a host of other problems too numerous to mention after a sudden loss of everything you hold dear it is normal to feel sadness and grief soon after a loss Many people experience intense and persistent longing for the narcissist, as well as other negative emotions, such as fear, sadness, guilt, and anger. Many people also feel a loss of their sense of identity, purpose, or hope. They are basically stuck in a state of chronic grieving, and many still feel shocked or dazed, by their sudden loss and have difficulty accepting it because these things that happen with the narcissist when they go there's no warning there's no sign there's no 
um, heads up of what's coming, you're blindsided at 100 miles an hour, bam, and just that crash just sends, you know, all of it just into shattered pieces. And, um, you know, you're just destroyed. Uh, and it and it is out of nowhere. Um, when that happens, it's so abrupt. This discard is what I'm talking about. When the narcissist does that, it's usually one of the most dehumanizing and savage of all life experiences that you could have. Even those who manage to leave first suffer from varying degrees of dysregulation and grief. When these symptoms continue to be intense for a reasonable period of time, let's say 12 to 18 months uh, after the end of the narcissistic relationship, depending on how long you were together. And when these feelings of that you're having this mourning and this grief, they manage to interrupt your daily life. This could be a sign that you might be experiencing prolonged grief syndrome, also known as complex or complicated grief. That's what it's also called complex or complicated grief. Determining when grief becomes pathologic depends on um, whose guidelines are being followed. In 2015, the WHO um, World Health Organization issued a guide on the management of mental health conditions saying that grief lasting beyond six months should be considered prolonged grief disorder and that specialists should be consulted when determining treatment. I think that's pretty short, six months to get over something. Maybe you were with this person for decades. It's gonna take a little longer than six months. But uh, in 2018, the American Psychiatric Association in its fifth edition update of the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders, in this fifth edition, this DSM-5, it added this disorder and defined it as grief that persists for 12 months or more. Grief that's with you for a year or more. So um, I'm going to expand that to 18 months and say that's within the realm of normal. You know, if you were married 20 years, it's going to take you 18 months to, to um, be um, coming out of the grief stage because there's a lot of loss there to process. There's a lot of mourning to do. So victims of prolonged grief disorder manifest numerous symptoms that just don't go away. Catastrophizing the future, excessive avoidance, social withdrawal, substance use and abuse, and negative health behaviors are all quite common. Add these to the list of other manifestations of the adjustment back into reality following this shared psychosis of the narcissistic fantasy, and you have a recipe for disaster. It's like a perfect storm. Of course, you're going to have difficulty. The vast majority of the world does not have an understanding of cluster B mental 
disorders, nor do they have any comprehension of what recovery from such a mind-bending, soul-crushing, cult-like, brainwashing kind of experience can do to a person. That You know, in no way does it resemble a regular neurotypical breakup or divorce. It is something different altogether, more like deprogramming after being a victim of Stockholm Syndrome. It's as if you were murdered. There is no recovery from murder, no resurrection. There is a, there is a need to construct an entirely new identity and personhood that never existed before, but you can't bring back the dead. You're like a newborn, naked and raw and thrust into a bright, cold, harsh world that does not understand anything about what is happening. There is a new series on Netflix called After Life with actor Ricky Gervais. He plays the role of a middle-aged man who is experiencing what could best be called as complex grief disorder after the death of his wife. Uh, He becomes a caustic, snarky cynic Uh, with suicidal ideation, who has lost the will to participate in life altogether, all around. His journey back to the world and to the world of the living is bittersweet and soul-wrenching, but he gets uh, up every day and he makes his best effort to just carry on, which is what we all have to do. Grief feels like being underwater. When I was 16, I drowned. (laughs) I really did. This is a true story. Um, A day at the lake with friends turned out to be a brief step beyond the curtain and into another world. You know, the veil, the curtain, the thing that separates the living from the dead. Um, I stepped into a deep hole while chasing a frisbee. And in an instant, I was gone. I remember being underwater, not able to discern up from down or sideways. Um, I may or may not have been in some kind of altered uh, state that sort of also made things kind of difficult to have a grasp on what was really going on there. Um, You know, I saw beautiful green water filled with sunlight And it was just heavy and endless, dense. I remember two, three, maybe four deep gasps as the water, thick as cement, warm yet achingly painful when it went into my lungs. I remembered that, the inhaling and what it felt like. The next thing I know, I'm on my back on the shore with people performing CPR um, and I'm coughing up water and choking and gasping. And, and um, as I get little bits of air into lungs that were filled with lake water, that it was really gross. Um, so where I went for that seven or eight minutes, I'm never going to really know for sure. But I survived. And really, that's all that matters, right? I, I live to tell you about it. 
When we are filled with grief for our losses, we are all under the water, gulping big breaths of sorrow because we can't find the surface. I don't know how to get to the shore, but I know it is there. Maybe we need helpers to drag us there. Maybe we can do it ourselves if we can just find our direction and swim to the light. We have to open our eyes and look for it. We can't go under and then just close our eyes. If we stay under too long, our eyes are never going to open again. And yes, it hurts. Hurts like hell. Sometimes we surrender to this nothingness that last breath of water that makes everything go to black. Maybe sometimes that doesn't sound so bad. By the time you lose consciousness, the worst is over. You know, I know you are tired and I know you want it to stop hurting. And I know that you think it could be all over with just one more excruciatingly horrific gasp and gulp and then that's it but that is not how we are supposed to end not like that floating away like a gossamer angel jellyfish or something like ophelia in her madness like edna from the awakening embracing the sea or like virginia wolf with the rocks in her pockets they are all fiction Those are novels, well, at least for the most part, romanticized endings to the tragic lives that some of us lead. That is not our legacy. That is not what we want to leave behind to our family, our children, our loved ones, our friends. The real world will not forgive you for taking the defeated person's way out. Your family, your friends, all of those people will carry your loss with broken hearts that can never be mended. We can't be that selfish. We cannot give up. It's really not a choice. Prolonged grief syndrome is a life-threatening condition. For those of us who have been broken who have simply lost too much, who don't believe that they're ever going to experience joy or peace or love ever again, look up, damn it, look up. Swim to the surface and fight, fight to live. Fight to fan the flames of hope. Hold on to your faith. Scream for help. Do what you have to do. Complicated grief can consume you. It can gobble you up and hold you underwater like chains pulling you to the bottom of the sea. You have to accept what has happened with this relationship with this narcissist. Like all things in time, the sorrow will fade away. And one day, 
it'll be gone and you will be on solid ground you will have made it to shore you will be able to breathe again you know you just have to be kind and gentle with yourself and be patient and please please just keep kicking your feet looking for the light moving to the surface i think that shore is closer than you think this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg in Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.